Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Been asking the question, where are you right now as far as confidence that the plan is in place and trending in the right direction? 69187, keyword R&R. That is the don'tbebroke.com text line. Our listener line is 702-365-9200. Feel free to hit us up at any point. We were supposed to have, we were scheduled to have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports at 3.30, but she can't make it. And so what we've done is we flip-flop. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus is actually going to join us at 3.30 instead of 4.30. So we're going to move him up an hour to 3.30. He'll talk all things draft and just talk about, you know, what to expect as far as is it going to be a heavy defensive draft? Is it going to be offensive linemen, quarterbacks? What to expect and, you know, what, what, what to look for as far as how many hits should you have as far as on average? What should you have in the upcoming draft? So Mike Renner will join us at 3.30. And then at 4.30, what we're going to do is we're going to slide my holiday movie nightmare conversation I had on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio last night. We're going to slide that in at 4.30. Uh, DeMond and myself thought that was a pretty funny way to close out the show. So you'll hear that coming up at 4.30. But right now we want to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. Before I do that, I did want to get to a text and a tweet real quick. Again, asking the question, where are you right now as far as confidence that the plan is in place and trending in the right direction? My man Mike tweeted at me, and it's funny. When I, I asked this question, Damon, you know when, you, when certain people just flash into your mind when you're talking? Mike is immediately, as soon as I asked that question, I thought of Mike, and I said, you know what, he's probably going to tweet at me and give me an answer. Mike, I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there right now, has never been on board with this new front office, this new coaching staff, or anything. He has been 100% against uh, everybody from the jump. So just know that when I tell you what his tweet was. He said, you and I both know I wasn't going to be happy no matter what these guys did. That being said, they've been worse than I even expected. I want them gone so bad I'll actually be cheering for the Pats this weekend. Sad times for a lifelong Raider fan. So Mike is all the way. He's all the way. He, he, you know, when there's a, if you can go left, he went all the way left and then some. So Mike was just not having it at all. And, again, I respect everyone's opinion. And, he's, you know, he's not coming at a, from a, uh, an area of disrespect or talking trash or, or whatever. It's just that's his feeling. That's how he feels about it. That's how he's always felt. And I can tell you that that's the truth since day one. He hasn't wavered. He's been, he's been the same guy. Maybe this staff, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, maybe they'll show Mike and others that are still doubters or, or whatever that, hey, you should believe in this staff. Or maybe they won't. Maybe at the end of the day, you know, a year from now, two years from now, Mike will be like, well, Q, what do you think now? You know, and that's just that's just part of the, the P word that no one wants to hear, which is the process, right? You won't know until you actually know. So, uh, Mike, I definitely appreciate your tweet, my man. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. After sipping on some whiskey, I've come to a conclusion for today's topic. At the moment, I'm confidently feeling 51% on this team's direction. I say 51 because that's, my, that's where my stress level is at. On the real, like I mentioned yesterday, it's not like we're getting blown out. In 10 one-possession games, we had 3-7. and seven. 
Basically, those 10 games could be easily flipped around and be 7-3 and three record in one-possession games. Again, I'm, frust- I'm trusting our front office as I feel we are turning the corner to be a very competitive football team with a winning record. Instant gratification is what we all want, but sometimes in order to, to be great, we have to go through the bad times, Q. I believe in this team, and the results will come. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Thank you for that text, my man. And to your point, and this is something that I had to learn and my mom tried to tell me all the time while I was still in Central Texas and I was working at ESPN Central Texas, I kept telling her, I was like, Mom, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Uh, my time's expiring, you know. And I always look at, at radio dudes, uh, you have an expiration, right? It's almost like milk, right? There's a date on the milk carton that says how long it's good for. Most cats in radio, and I know there's some exceptions, if you've been at a radio station 10 years, uh, your, your, time is, your time is pretty much done, right? I mean, that's just kind of what it is. You usually got about a 10-year 10 10 lifespan. Now, that's not for everybody. For That's most people. So as I got to a year about seven or eight, I, I was really pressing and telling my mom, like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Then also we had a change in, in uh, my boss, and another guy came in, and I thought that he liked me. I really did. I was like, oh, no, this guy likes me. I'm good. And then all of a sudden I realized that he really didn't. And he wanted to start moving me around. And so then I said, okay, I got to get out of here in six months. And luckily for me, I got out of there in six months in about three days, which was great. But my mom kept telling me, the whole point of this is my mom kept telling me, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Be patient, be patient. It's going to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, that's my mom. So I'm like, okay, my mom's just trying to tell me what I want to hear to make me, you know, happy or whatever like that. And she was like, no, trust me, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, when you're supposed to be in Vegas, you'll be in Vegas. And, well, boom, there you go. I I gave myself six months finally when I was in Central Texas, and it took me about, like I said, six months and about three days. And when I finally got that call, I called my mom. I was like, well, you were right. So as much as nobody wants to hear it, sometimes you just have to – you don't get that instant gratification. You don't get that dream job. You don't get that instant success that you think that you're going to get, and it takes time. But when the time is right, it's when it should happen and when it's supposed to happen. And, again, for a fan base that's been waiting over 20 years to have that you know, success consistently, I don't want to be the one to preach patience to you because I feel like Raider Nation has been very patient for a very long time. Right. I mean, like I said, it'd be different if I wasn't part of Raider Nation. I wouldn't know that. But being a guy that has been, you know, a fan before I was anything else, I understand where everyone's at. So, you know, asking a fan base that's been starving for success in the postseason for the longest, asking, hey, just just be patient. It's going to happen. It's a very hard pill to swallow. It's a very hard, you know, something to ask of, of anybody. So I totally get it. But again, that's what we're here for is to talk about it and see where everyone is at. So you can keep those texts coming in at 69187, keyword R&R. Again, we got Mike Renner coming up from Pro Football Focus at 3.30, and then my holiday nightmare will be at 4.30. And in between that, Adam Hill will join us at 4 o'clock. One thing to let you hear some sounds from head coach Josh McDaniels. He met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. First time this week we were able to talk to him. Last time we talked to him was Friday, which was immediately following that letdown of a game Thursday night against the Rams. So, Here's the opening statement from head coach Josh McDaniels just talking about the Patriots. Patriots, um, we're, we're, we're into it now. Um, got a little introduction into them yesterday, uh, coming off the three-day uh, break with the players. Um, and now we're, you know, obviously getting ready for our first full practice today. Uh, this is um, it's a team, obviously, that uh, they're, they played well Monday night. Uh, they're, they're playing well. Um, and it's a team that you're going to have to do a good job in all three phases. Um, you know, they play really good complimentary football. Nobody scores more off of turnovers than they do. Um, 
they forced a lot of takeaways. Um, they play really stingy defense. Hard to, they don't give up a lot of big plays. <clears throat> hard to drive the ball and you know make you convert three, four, third downs in a drive, uh, which is always challenging against them. They always have something new uh, for you that you're going to have to adjust to. Um, you know their offense got a lot of talented guys. Uh, obviously, I'm familiar with some of them. Some of them uh, I'm getting familiar with as we watch tape. Um, but you know they 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 can run it. They can throw it. Um, they got a lot of different guys that can do do a lot of different things and. Uh, this is obviously one of the best teams uh, that we're going to play, if not the best team in a kicking game. So um, the returners having a fabulous year. Um, they have a lot of really good cover players, Slater, Schooler. I mean, they there's a bunch of them, and uh, they do a great job in a kicking game every week. And uh, so we'll have our hands full with you know all three phases and guys. I think are excited to to get out there on the field and start working uh, today for them. There you go. Head coach Joshua Daniels kind of giving you an oversight of the Patriots, the next team coming up on the schedule, next team that will be at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday. So uh, that was kind of the opening statement. Now we're going to go ahead and get this statement out of the way, and this will be the last time that we talk about it this week because I know it's going to be one of the biggest conversations. Everyone's going to write about it. Everyone's going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it once and then be done with it. And that's obviously Bill Belichick versus Josh Daniels. It's something when we had Christopher Price on, uh, I asked him, and he said, we've been talking about it for a week, and it's only been a couple days since the Arizona game. So uh, he was asked, and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN actually asked a really good question to Josh Daniels about the influence that Bill Belichick had on him as far as a coach and just a man in general. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's obvious I wouldn't I wouldn't be here or or even in the National Football League if it wasn't for Bill. Um, you know, Robert Jonathan gave me a great opportunity a long time ago. Um, he, he's he's been invaluable to me in a lot of ways. Um, you know, hard to measure uh, all of them. Um, you know, obviously football background, understanding how this league works. Um, you know, I got to see firsthand how how to try to do it the right way. Um, you know, his philosophy on, you know, everything off season, training camp, uh, in season, um, post season, evaluations, draft, free agency. Um, you know, he, he was just, um, he, he gave a lot of his time to me and, uh, I was able to uh, hopefully pick up as much as I could. Um, still got a lot to learn, but, uh, you know, he was, um, a great mentor for me, uh, not only in football, but also just in, in terms of, you know, when I got there, I was 23, 24 years old. So, um, basically grew up there. So, um, you know, indebted to them, you know, forever for that. Um, and, and getting to go back there, um, after, you know, I had my experience with Denver. Um, I think that was really a important period of time for me, um, because I knew what I had done and what I had experienced. And I got to kind of take some time and really try to soak in, all right, I know I didn't do that very well. And now I'm watching him the second time around. And maybe the first time I didn't even know to look for it. And now I'm looking for different things, how he handles adversity, you know, what he's doing here in the off season, how he's handling the bye week, what's he doing, you know, in April, May, June, et cetera, um, that maybe I wasn't even clued in on that existed before I left. And so it gave me a great opportunity to kind of look at it through a different lens um, and really try to take some time to process those things while I was watching, you know, somebody that's obviously the best that's ever done it, you know, do it again. And so um, the time for me was, was important uh, for me personally. Uh, and obviously, uh, like I said, he's always given to me, you know, time, attention, information. Uh, he's been very open and honest with me about everything. And uh, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for him. 
head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about Bill Belichick, the influence he's had on him as a coach in life and just in general. And I, I did find that pretty intriguing, Damon, when he was talking about when I went back the second time, I even knew what to look for. I, I had a better idea of what to look for than I did, you know, when I was there before because he was so young. So I think that that kind of gives a nice little backstory and, and, you know, almost the maturation of how people grow. You know, you kind of have a better idea of, uh, you know, the second time when you go and do anything, it's like, all right, now I know what to expect. I had this experience. It, did, it wasn't that great, but now I know what to expect. And wait, the questions that I still have and I don't really know how to do really well, maybe this is where I need to learn. Maybe this is who I need to pay attention to and, and, and learn how to do this better, right? Or, or certain things will stand out to you. That's just kind of maturation. But you had a little funny little nugget. You said you were rolling on uh, the Patriots in their press conference that they had earlier, and Bill Belichick was asked about Josh McDaniels or, or life after Josh McDaniels, how tough it's been. What, what, what was going on with Bill? Yes, I was rolling because I wanted to find that nugget. Maybe he's going to say something profound about Josh McDaniels, and I don't know the reporter's voice, obviously, because we don't cover the Patriots. But he asked, has it been harder or has it just been what you expected with the offense with Patricia calling the plays since, you know, McDaniels has been gone? And he says, I've already talked about it a little bit. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We've talked about it already this season. So that's not the answer that you want. <laughs> so he goes on, you know, got to ask a follow-up. But, you know, has it been harder without Josh? And then he goes on to say, every year's hard. Some years are harder than others. You know, uh, every year is going to be hard. And then, and then that was it. And then they moved on. So, so another reporter got their question in. But in those two questions, I was rolling. I was like, he's the, the McDaniels question. This is what Here I've been waiting comes. for. Yeah. And nothing. Wow. Every year's hard. There you go. Well, that's the hoodie, right? That's who he is. That's funny. Not not a whole lot. McDaniels goes into some big, long, detailed answer and everything, talking about Bill Belichick. He's like, well, every every year's hard. Every year's hard. They, I'll tell you this. And and look, I don't mean to be a you know a cook up in their kitchen, but I'll tell you, man, they need to get somebody else uh, to be an offensive coordinator, man. They're, that offensive plan that they have, and you heard when we talked to Christopher Price, he said, no, this is one and done. This is one and done, and it's got to be. I know that you know Bill Belichick actually had Josh McDaniels on his staff as a defensive guy originally, and then moved him over to the offensive side of things. I think he's gonna have to say, Matt, this was great. I got to move you back on over to the defensive side of things because you ain't cutting it over here on offense. And you brought up the fact that Mac Jones was chirping at at uh, Patricia. That ain't the first time he's been chirping at him. He's clearly upset. They got to figure out something. I think, and this is just my gut feeling. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired in. In, uh, in New England, I think that's where he's going to end up. Or not New England, excuse me, in Arizona. I think he's going to end up in New England as offensive coordinator. But that's just me. We'll see. That's, like I said, that's, that's coming from nowhere but my gut. That's just <laughs> what I happen to think. But let's get back to the Patriots. As obviously, that's the next team coming up, and that's what head coach Josh McDaniels was uh, talking to us about. Again, you're listening to Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So Josh has been with the Patriots for so many years. There's got to be some similarities, right? So here he is talking about how similar the Patriots look. You know, there's some things, obviously, I, I see that I'm very familiar with. Um, but like always, there's a lot of things that you see from them that, um, you know, they, they've created, they've come up with. Um, they do different things each week against the opponent based on, you know, what they think gives them the best chance to win. Um, it's very challenging, you know, because – you know, what you see on tape is not necessarily what you're going to get, you know. So um, I think being able to follow your rules and communicate and, uh, you know, whatever you see, you know, you're going to have to be able to handle it, you know. And so um, in many regards, we, we these weeks remind me of uh, training camp, you know, in terms of, hey, we don't know what, you know, the defense or the offense or the other side of the ball is going to do. And, you know, you, there's a challenge involved in that. And so... We're going to study the players. We're going to try to know the strengths and weaknesses as best we can. 
Uh, certainly we'll know some of the tendencies, but, um, you know, there's some of what I see that I don't really, you know, I don't know, um, you know, on any side of the ball. Uh, and then there's some other things that obviously, obviously I've, I've had some experience with. There goes head coach Joshua Daniels right there talking about how similar the Patriots look, what he sees that, oh, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. But they do so many different things. They switch so many different things up that it's going to be hard to just pick apart and say, okay, this is what they're going to do in this formation. This is what they're going to do. I mean, they're smarter than that. But uh, just having a little bit of familiarity will obviously go a long way in this game. Now, the question that I asked was about that Patriots defensive line. I really think this game is going to be won or lost in the trenches. And I think it's just that simple. Sometimes it doesn't have to be super complicated. It doesn't have to be a science project. All it has to do is be a simple addition problem. And I think that the Patriots defensive line is going to give the Raiders offensive line fits, especially if Alex Bars can't play, which I don't think he'll be able to play. Here it is. Josh McDaniels talking about the challenge of the Patriots defensive line and also a quick Alex Bars update. Alex is, you know, he's working hard to try to get back as soon as he can. I don't know if this week or not he'll make it, um, but he's doing everything he can. I, I know that. Um, yeah, they're, uh, this is a really good group uh, from top to bottom. bottom. They have depth. Um, they're physical. They're big inside. Uh, they're long. Um, you know, they have a lot of guys that play on the edge, Judon, Uche, Jennings. I mean, you know, they, they move Bentley out there sometimes. Der- uh, Dietrich Wise is out there. So there's a lot of different bodies that they will throw at you in their alignments and their different defensive packages. Um, so it's a, it's not only a challenge to, to handle their physicality, their length, their pass rush, they do a tremendous job in their pass rush games, executing the things that they're trying to do. Um, but it's also a challenge individually for our guys because you're getting ready. You have to get familiar, not with just one guy that's going to line up across from me, but it might be three or four different people, you know, based on the spacing that they choose to use with their fronts or the different packages that they're in. So, um, you know, kind of who's who, you know, who's across from me, what is his strengths and weaknesses, it might be different than somebody else's, you know, so there's a lot of, there's some inherent challenges in that, that uh, that we're hard at work, obviously trying to identify what, what the different, you know, matchups are going to be like and, and what we need to protect ourselves against, but I'd say from top to bottom, this is probably as good as, as good a group as we've seen. There you go. Joshua Daniels talking about the challenge of the Patriots defensive line, and again, uh, they had six sacks on Monday night, mainly against Colt McCoy, but uh, man, they were just they, – they, they get after it. They absolutely get after the quarterback. Demond, you mentioned earlier, 45 sacks. They're going to put you in a bad situation. And if the Raiders can't have success on first down, right, I know we're not talking about keys to victory and what's going to be – you know, what to look for in the game. I know we're not doing that right now. But I'll tell you right now, if they, if they struggle on first down and they allow the Patriots to be able to pin their ears back and just get after Derek Carr, it could be a very long day at Allegiant Stadium. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there to you. Uh, one more sound bite from head coach Josh McDaniels, then we'll take a break. This one has to do with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Devon Diablo. All those guys are eligible to return. Waller and Renfro return to practice, but Diablo, not so much. Here's Josh McDaniels talking about the three guys. Devine, no, um, just based on the situation relative to, you know, the surgery and those kind of things. So, no, you won't see him out there um, uh, today or this week. Um, Hunter and Darren, uh, you'll see them out there, uh, so we'll start the clock today. Um, again, whether or not that's going to turn into activating them to the 53 this week or not, we're going to have to see how the next few days go. I mean, uh, both of them are coming off of, you know, injuries. Um, you know, we haven't really seen them practice in a while in, in regards to how the how those things are going to, you know, respond to those kind of things. So, um, you know, we're going to get them out there. We're going to kind of evaluate how it goes and, um, you know, hopeful, but obviously, you know, we're going to let 
you know, their bodies will tell us a lot here as we go through the next three days. So Devon Diablo is a no-go. Don't know if he's going to return at all this season. Who knows? But um, sounds like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro have an opportunity. Of course, they were on the practice field today. And as a matter of fact, they were in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. Vinny Bonsignor just sound, sent over some sound from both Waller and Hunter Renfro. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with one of the two guys. Plus, we also have Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. We're locked and loaded, Raider Nation. Got a lot to get to in a short amount of time. You know how we do. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a lot of moving parts around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness, my man Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio doing a fantastic job trying to navigate through the waters. Uh, just a minute, we'll have Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus talking all things uh, draft and see where he is as far as, you know, just preparing for the April draft. We also got some sound from Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Demond. I'm shooting that over to you in a hot second so we can get that ready so we can hear from uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, two guys that were out at practice today, courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. We definitely appreciate him. But also, we're trying to hear from you at the same time at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, that is the don'tbebroke.com text line. Our listener line is 702-365-9200. Where are you right now as far as confidence that the plan is in place and trending in the right direction? Got a text from Brad from the Bay Area. He said, my confidence level two is medium. I feel like there's a plan in place. It will eventually work, but it just seems like it wound up slower than expected, like someone threw a wrench in the mix. You know what Tyson said, that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. There's been several punches in the mouth this season, which transpires to a punch in the gut yet again to Raider Nation. And I, I agree. And, Brad, thank you for the text. Uh, I appreciate you. And, yeah, that's the thing about it is, like, the expectations. And I'm not saying it's the expectations from the organization, from Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler and company, but the expectations that, you know, even I put out there because my expectations were higher than – what we've seen so far as far as results. So uh, I can't speak for everyone. I'll just speak for myself. I thought this team was a 10-win team. I thought they were going to win 10 games, uh, and the playoffs should be a must. That was, that was my expectations going into the season. So obviously I shot too high. I kind of got you know caught up in what I saw from last season and saw improvements and saw a guy that I figured and I still do believe is a better play caller and has better you know uh, adjustments uh, adjustment ability in Josh McDaniels and thought okay it's got to get better so that was my expectations I'll take that one as on me again I can't speak for everybody but that's what kind of made it I think even worse is the fact that the expectations were so high going into the season. I think Fargo Raider called yesterday and it mentioned about, you know, the, the first year under John Gruden, the team only won four games. So obviously they're a, a lot farther ahead now than they were then, but the expectations that year when Gruden took over were way different. So it made it easier to, to see a four-win team and say, okay, well, you traded this guy, you got rid of this guy, yeah, this team was going to stink, right? Well, this time, they make trades, bring in a guy who's fantastic, the best wide receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, and others, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, this team is supposed to be really good. At least that was my thinking. And so now being a five-win team, it's like, yeah, what happened? That's, you know, that's just kind of how it feels from my point of view. But we'll get back to your text. We'll get back to your calls, 702-365-9200, also the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What are your, where are you right now as far as confidence that the plan 
is in place and trending in the right direction. Joining us now on the phone lines for Pro Football Focus is our good friend Mike Renner. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, and thanks for adjusting your time as well, my man. I definitely appreciate that. But as far as the draft goes, I wanted to get early thoughts from you, and not necessarily on players and who's going to be selected where, but, you know, just really kind of uh, different position groups and, and, and what's going to be a deep position group. But uh, before we get into that, where are you in your preparation when it comes to the 2023 draft? I'm pretty far along because, you know, you said it's early, but a lot of these guys have played their last down of football. So, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, you pretty much have everything besides, you know, pure athletic testing to go. So uh, a lot of fine evals I've already written up. So uh, I'm pretty far along, still grinding through, haven't hit, you know, every player that's going to get drafted, but most of the first rounders, second rounders are uh, seeming to shape up at this point already. From your point of view, again, from a December point of view, does this look like it's going to be one of those classes that might be heavy with offensive linemen or QBs or defense? Where do you feel like this class is really going to be heavy leaning? Yeah, so there's a few positions I would call strengths in this draft class. One is quarterback. I could see, I feel pretty strongly about at about four quarterbacks going in the first round. Could be five. Uh, it's a pretty talented class. That's not to say there's, those guys are slam dunks by any means, but it's just the way of the world, the NFL today. You take that chance hoping to hit that home run. So quarterback is strong. I think pass rusher in this class is very deep. I know of the top 50 on the PFF draft board, I think somewhere around a quarter of it are guys who are edge rushers. So that's obviously a deep class. Um, I think tight end this year is a very deep class. You could see as many as three guys go in the first round even oh, wow. in tight end class. And then this running back class is special, in my opinion. It's one of the best running back classes I've seen since we started grading college at PFF in 2014. So almost a decade of doing that, and this running back class looks like it could be the best one. Talking again with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So uh, offensive linemen, is that a category that maybe you should have got one last season if you really needed one or last year? Unfortunately, it looks to be the case. Now, there's probably still three, maybe four tackles that will go in the first round, but I don't think you're, you're not anywhere close to, you know, if you're holding the top ten pick, it's nothing like when, you know, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater were coming out, or when Tristan Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, Mekhi Becton were coming out. There's no one, in my opinion, that's at that level of a prospect. Or even last year when you had Charles Cross, uh, when you had Evan Neal, when you had Aki Aquino, I wouldn't put anyone in this year's class at that level. So, uh, yeah, there will be guys that go in the first round, uh, guys like Pierce Garansky from Northwestern, Paris Johnson from Ohio State, Broderick Jones from Georgia, but you're just a little you're they're developmental guys at this point some of them Skronsky maybe a little bit more head but you're probably uh you're not really hitting the high end that maybe you're getting other years. You know, one of my favorite part of the whole draft process and leading up to April's draft is always the the showcase games, right? The Senior Bowl, the East West Shrine. Matter of fact, that's here in Las Vegas. How much uh, how much weight do those kind of bowls and those showcases carry as far as uh, draft stock when it comes time to April? I think they're very important. And, and now a lot of the guys I mentioned, the guys who are surefire top 10 to 20 picks, they don't go there for right, the most right. part. It's rare to see those guys, you know, risking injury to up their draft stock. They're already set in stone. But I do think for that next tier of guys, uh, there have been a lot because it's, it's sometimes for some of these guys, the first time you really see them get to go one-on-one with 
other NFL players. Like every guy that's there will play in the NFL next season. So it's a good litmus test. So if you really show out like a Debo Samuel did, like a Terry McLaurin did in years past, that's a good sign for your future NFL success. So I put a lot of stock in it. I don't think it's, you know, just an exercise by any means. It to me has far more stock than like a combine does for your pro projection. So uh, definitely going to be watching all those games very closely. Talking all things NFL draft right now with Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. And I also wanted to ask you about the importance of hitting on draft picks. We see what the Rams have done. Basically, they threw away all their early picks and just said, hey, we're going to get talent. We're going to pay them and we're going to go win the Super Bowl. They did. But now it looks like the cupboard is pretty empty when it comes to talent. So uh, I thought a lot of teams were going to start taking that approach. Do you think that uh, how, how valuable are those early picks and how important is it that you got to hit on those? I think they're incredibly valuable. You look at the team that was on the other side of the ball in that Super Bowl that you know was very close to winning it as well. Their fortune changed over the course of two years. You get Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and back-to-back years, and you are a completely different franchise than you were before that. So, yeah, that's not everyone's story, but I do mm-hmm. think that the vast majority to win a Super Bowl in today's day and age, you have to have guys contributing on rookie contracts. It's just the way of the world because of a salary cap league with everyone playing with the same money. You have to find an edge, and the biggest edge is getting guys who are overperforming their rookie deals because, because in free agency – in second contracts, guys are paid what they're worth. And, mm-hmm. and so you're you're not necessarily gaining an edge by giving, you know, uh, an edge rusher or, you know, a Chandler Jones in free agency $15 million. That's what he's worth. Right. Uh, you get that by getting Max Crosby on a rookie deal, getting, you know, a million dollars a year. That, then you then you then you have the guy outperforming. So so to me, the draft is just it's the foundation of a franchise. You know, making smart decisions elsewhere helps. And it's like key to long-term success, but the draft is going to uh, be the foundation for your franchise. What would you say is, I guess, average when it comes to hit rate? Because you're not going to hit. No one's going to hit on 100% of their draft picks. So like, well, that, that would be unrealistic, unre- unreasonable, all the hey, uh, Any unword you can come up with, that's what that would be. But for a franchise, I mean, look at the Raiders for partic- in, in particular. In 2019, mm-hmm. since 2019, they've had six first-round draft picks, and four of them are no longer with the team. Cleve Farrell's underperformed, and Josh Jacobs is having a monster year. But that's it. Right. So, I mean, what would you say is kind of the 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 average hit rate where you need to at least be hitting here to be able to keep that continuity and the and the talent in the cupboard? Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised at what like averages in the NFL. A lot of people say, you know, oh, I got to hit on your my first, my second, my third round pick. Mm-hmm. If you just hit on one pick a year, to me, that's a, that's about what the NFL average is. Like hit okay. on a quality starter once a year. That, that's about NFL average in my, for my money. Now, if you really want to be a playoff, but NFL average doesn't make playoffs, you know, right. eight, nine, nine and eight, it's not a playoff game. So you got to be a little above that. And so you got to be, for my money, like the teams that really are the best drafting teams, they get one quality starter, a draft, and then two other guys that you feel confident that can start. That to me is a good draft. And you stack five of those on top of each other because that's a rookie contract. All of a sudden you have 15 starters that are at least average or better. If you could stack that for, for five straight years and, and that's how you build. And then you can get free agents, whatever you can have, you know, vets to fill out the rest of that. But if you could do that for a stretch that can bring you, that'll, that's a playoff team. So it's not as hard, you know, the turnaround in the NFL, we see it every year. It's, it doesn't take as long. If you really do hit on draft picks, it doesn't take as long as you might think, but that is, 
the foundation. If you're not hitting on draft picks, the turnaround's just never going to come. Mike Renner is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, you said something that was very interesting and really intrigued me there. With that uh, formula that you threw out there, how much of that is, okay, first-round picks and later-round picks? Because right now the Raiders are having success in the later rounds, like Crosby, Hobbs, Renfro, Dylan Parham last year. Those are all later-round picks, but those are only guys with four-year deals. How many of those have to be first-round picks where they get that fifth-year option? Yeah, so I guess that comes back down to philosophy and how you want to attack the draft. And okay. Uh, good luck making heads or tails of what the Raiders' actual <laughs> philosophy was. You know, the past five years right. in terms of what they were coveting because they would take some very safe players who maybe didn't have high upside in the first round and then maybe take some swings of the bat on guys with super high upside in like the third and fourth, like maybe a Max Crosby, uh, like, like the cornerback from Houston who's escaping my name right now who just, uh, I think they drafted in the third and just never really hacked down in the, in the NFL. But like a really odd drafting strategy where – I think in your first round, your first round pick just, it has to be a hit. Maybe you don't have to swing for the fences with your first round. If you're in the top five to 10, sure, go ahead and do that. But you have to hit that first rounder. And then second and third, I think one of those, your day two picks, really just has to be a safe pick. I tend to love drafting offensive linemen into your offensive linemen mm-hmm. on day two regularly just because you need you need to keep that cupboard full. And as we've seen for the Raiders and their draft strategy of late, the, the cupboard's barren on the interior of their offensive line. So need to keep that covered full and, and then maybe take another swing in the bat at a high upside guy somewhere on day two at like corner or safety or running back or something like that. But I do tend to think that uh, you have to have a plan in the draft. You can't just go in willy nilly uh, or else you're going to have results that you're going to look back in three years and say, what the heck did we just draft? Right. No, I mean, they had plenty of draft capital, those first round picks from trading Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper and others. And really, again, Josh Jacobs is is all that the left holding the bag and saying, OK, that was a success. And Mike, we'll we'll close out with this. Josh Jacobs, I mean, a former first round pick. Uh, he's leading the league right now in rushing. He's having a fantastic season, but didn't get his fifth year option picked up. So he's going to be a free agent. Maybe the Raiders sign him. Maybe someone else signs him. But what do you think that the Raiders should do with him, knowing what you said about, well, this this draft class is very deep in running backs. They drafted a couple last year year and but yet he's leading the the team and league in, in rushing and, and really a leader of the team as well yeah it depends on where you want to go as a franchise right obviously this year didn't work out how you wanted but they lost a lot of close games you know there are a lot of bounces away from maybe the year being what they had hoped so I, I think you're trying to keep this core intact as long as possible but just try to make upgrades along that offensive line to really keep uh, the passing game intact to really bolster that and make that a little bit more consistent. And so to do that, I think at minimum, your franchise taking Josh Jacobs. I, I think he's too good, proven too adept in that offense to uh, let him go anywhere else at this point. And obviously, I think with what he's proven there, he has far more value to you in Las Vegas than he does to teams elsewhere around the NFL. I agree 100%. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But, Mike, thanks so much for your time. I just wanted to get a little bit of an early preview of what maybe the upcoming draft in April could look like as far as positions go and what's deep and what's not deep. What do you have coming out of Pro Football Focus uh, as you get closer and closer to this? What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we have the position rankings for the 2023. The initial ones coming up. Got quarterbacks, tight ends, and interior offensive line dropping this week quarterback side ends already come out and then uh we'll have the draft guide full draft guide comes out in march so that's going to be a minute but <laughs> a lot of stuff going up on the website right now relating to the draft well thank you so much for your time fantastic stuff as always again just a little bit of an early preview and once the season comes to a wrap then we'll really be uh, deep diving into the draft so mike thanks so much great stuff as always for sure thanks for having me have a good one
There he goes, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. And I thought that was uh, interesting. One quality starter and two guys who can start. So you're really looking for three, three guys that you feel confident in. Quality starter and two guys who can start. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Mike. Let's go ahead and hook something up real quick, DeMond. We're going to come back with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Sounds from the Raiders locker room in a minute, but I do want to hook up a four-pack of tickets right now to the Las Vegas Bowl. It's going on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. You got Florida and you got Oregon State. You want to be there? We're going to hook you up right now. Call number nine is what we're looking for, 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He'll join us to talk all things silver and black as he's at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now. He was in the Raiders locker room just a little while ago. Uh, Also, we got Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro from the Raiders locker room in a few minutes. Uh, want to shout out my man Patrick, who was the winner of the four-pack of tickets to go to the Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. And I also want to go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200 and talk to our good friend Quick. Welcome to the show, brother. What's on your mind? Q-Ball, what it do? What's up, dog? Man, I'm chilling. Uh, let me hop in here real quick. Yep. The We got a lot of holes. And yep. it's funny that you had that conversation with Mike Renner about the draft. And it's just like it. As a Raider fan, sometimes it feels like we cannot come back from the last five years and the hole that Mayock and Gruden put us in. I think I do have some some type of feeling about Ziggy and the way that he's doing things right now. I have some confidence in that. I think you asked earlier, you know, what is my confidence in the regime? Or yeah. you know, it's, it's it's a little fifty-fifty at the moment. I think I like Ziggy. I don't love Josh. I feel like I feel like he hasn't gotten better throughout the season. I feel like it's kind of same old Josh. Josh McDaniels, the reverses to Mac Allen's, although that they worked, it's just still like that's not that's not doing it for me as far as a play caller or an offensive guru. But I think that we've just got so many holes that, you know, when you said earlier that this was going to be not a project because you didn't want to say it, that was the first thing I could say was this is a project. This is basically McDaniels and Ziggy's project mm-hmm. because we have so many holes and we cannot get them all fixed. And everybody knows, listening right now, that Quick is a car hater. But I will say this. I'm with cue ball on this one. We need to draft every defensive player that we can and hang on to Derek, unfortunately. Because that's the only way that I can see success coming in the future years. Right now, it just, it just seems like, man, ain't no hope. Tell me something that I should have hope for, cue ball, outside of Max Crosby. Because if you think about it, we still need another pass rusher on the other side. Yeah. I know Chandler had a great game a couple of days, but there's not a single soul in Raider Nation that want to see him play for us next year. You know that, and I know that. Like, I don't want to run it back with Chandler Jones on the other side of Max. It just is what it is. So we put ourselves in a little bit of a position where I, I feel like Ziggy, incomplete, Josh, I'm on the fence, man. I'm spooked. Y'all have a great day. I appreciate y'all, Q-Ball. Be cool. Hey, great call, man. Great call. And I think that that's a very fair call, right? I mean, it's not obviously it's not rainbows and puppy dogs. He's not he's not sugarcoating anything, but I think it's very fair, right? And I do think that Max Crosby is a is a great you know one of the great building pieces on this this Raiders org, uh, team. And I, I look at Nate Hobbs and, and I see if, if he's healthy, that's another good one. But he's right about holes. There's plenty of holes, and I don't think that there's a bunch of Raider Nation that want to see Chandler Jones uh, running back next season. You know, I mean, yeah, he's had flashes the last couple of games, and that's great. But it feels like it's a little bit. 
you know, a little too little too late, right? It just that's, – that's how it feels, at least to me. So I, I think that that's a very fair call. I really do. And that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, you can, you can have a fair call and not be 100% on board. You could be on the fence like Quick was, and, and I think that that is, uh, that is fair. Uh, two guys that we might see maybe on Sunday, starting on Sunday against the Patriots, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Uh, they were in the Raiders' locker room. They were returned to practice today, so that's a good sign. Vinny Bonsignor and others caught up to Darren Waller in the Raiders' locker room. Here's that conversation. How good did it feel to be out there at practice, and how do you feel? Uh, felt pretty good. Uh, it was a good first day. Um, just getting back in the mix, just getting into the day-to-day. Do you feel like you'll be able to go on Sunday, or do you, can you put any percentage on that? Or um, We're just trying to stack a full week of practice together and then see how that goes because it's, it's been a while since I've done that, so just trying to keep it as simple as that and then see what happens at the end of the week. There was a stat that uh, you, Hunter, Devontae, and Derek have been on the field together, I think 46 of the 850 snaps. Um, how disappointing has this year kind of been because of the it, the injuries and not being able to get out there consistently? Um, frustrating, but um, I mean, I just look at it for opportunity to you know just grow and whatever I have the opportunity to grow and uh, not really focus on disappointment or dwell in you know that kind of feeling or that kind of emotion. You know what I'm saying? So just try to do whatever I can to be productive and to be a good teammate and come back. And uh, I'm just grateful to have opportunity. From a big picture, big picture uh, standpoint, um, getting you guys out there together for as long as you guys possibly can the rest of the season. How important is that? Do you think for the process of learning this offense, building some co- chemistry and cohesiveness all together? Uh, it's extremely important. I mean, that's the vision of this team had all of us out there, and uh, yeah, we all know that. So um, yeah, we just do the best we can with the time that we got left and make the most of it. Sorry if I missed this part, but how did it feel for you getting out there today and actually kind of maybe not going full speed, but at least a, a good speed since you've been out there so long? Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, definitely good to get back out there in the mix, go through, you know, just a, a, a full practice again. Um, just start with that small and start building. Stack two days in a row and stack three days in a row. So, uh, yeah, it was a good first day. Darren, last year when you were coming back from injuries, you kind of talked about how it was kind of tough for you, like having that long layoff from football and some of the things you have to try to do to recover, you know, given some things that you dealt with in the past. Was it a similar kind of struggle this time around? Or was it easier to kind of go through that, that layoff process given that you had been through before? Um, yeah, I feel like having experience before um, allows you to see it from a different perspective, um, not be as worried, not be as anxious, just kind of know, like, you know, it really teaches you to just know your own value at the end of the day, no matter, you know, if you're out there, if you're hurt, if your numbers don't look like they look, used to look like before. It's really about, you know, how you feel about yourself and what you what you know to be true. So, uh, so yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely a better uh, mentally for me than uh, last year was. So, uh, it's all about progress. There's Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room. You heard Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Tashawn Reed right there asking us some questions. And, you know, again, I feel like that those are very – very fair questions and, and I think good answers from Darren Waller. And the one thing I can say about him, just listening to what he had to say right there, he's very comfortable in being Darren Waller. He's very comfortable in his skin. He's not going to force himself out there on the, on the field because Raider Nation wants to see, see him on the field or because he thinks the coaches are, are trying to press him to get on the field or any of that. He's, he's, he's comfortable in knowing himself and he's going to get out there when he feels like he's able to get out there. And, of course, like you've heard him say at the very beginning, want to get a whole week of practice in and see how it goes from there because it's been a while. So there was Darren Waller. We'll get to Hunter Renfro in just a few minutes, but let's go out to the phone lines real quick at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to New England Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Q, what's up? What up, dog? 
I am so excited. I am packing up my suitcase right now, and I'm heading out to Vegas tomorrow. Nice, nice. I love it. I love it. Yes, 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 yes. So I got a couple of questions I want to ask you, but first I'm going to get right to your to, to your radio question. Um, you know, I, I very much agree with Damon. I, 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 when you asked this question about where I'm feeling or, or excuse me, where Radio Nation's feeling right now, I thought it was very similar to what you asked. It was either a week or two ago when, you know, DeMond started playing the, the, the number game with the Rangers. And, yeah. and I, again, to keep on saying uh, DeMond's name here, I, I very much agree with him. Um, I, I think when I called last time, I was around a five or a six. Um, and again, just really just, I, I saw what this man did for two decades. You know, I've been following the Raiders for about two decades. And, and, and it's just, it is, uh, it, it's just disheartening, you know, just to con- see this uh, inconsistency when living here in New England my whole life, all I've been seeing is consistency. And I get it. I know the last couple of years haven't been that good. I get it. They have Bill Belichick. They had, they had you know, one of the greatest of all time. But I just, I, I'm not expecting uh, 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 an AFC championship. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. But what I was expecting was for us to be at least, at least as good as we were last year. And I don't think that's too much to ask when you have a Hunter Renfro a Devonte Adams, a Max Crosby, and again, I understand that some of these people have been hurt, so on and so forth. But it's it's just unacceptable. These okay. men, to me, when I say men, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, they came in with this experience, um, and I just I'm not seeing it here. I'm not. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you for the call, New England Raider. I appreciate you, and uh, be safe on your on your travels and in your preparation on heading out this way. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. No no doubt about that. So. Uh, there you go, uh, New England Raider, and uh, he's he's right there with with you, Demond. He just needs to see some more, and that's okay. Again, just like I told uh, you know when, when Quick called, hey man, you know it's it's okay to to not be on board right now. You know maybe you have to be seen, be shown a little bit. Lincoln Kennedy says it all the time, and I used to use it as a joke all the time. Act like and say I'm from the Show Me State. Show me, man. Lincoln Kennedy says it all the time. He said, hey, act like I'm from the Show Me State. I just want to see it. That's fair. Nothing wrong with that at all. Another guy that you might be able to see on Sunday, we already heard from Darren Waller. How about Hunter Renfro? He also was back on the practice field today. Here's Hunter Renfro in the Raiders locker room. Phil out there today. Yeah. How you feeling? Yeah. What did the event happen? It was like a, like a, a fracture thing. Um, you know, they probably have more info. I just, they told me I couldn't go anymore for a couple weeks. So Was it something that you had been dealing with for a little while, or did it just no, happen? No, it just kind of happened. In the Jacksonville game, okay, and then in practice, How, it was more so in practice. But okay, yeah. how frustrating has this season been for you? Uh, it's been frustrating for sure. I mean, it's giving you a perspective of you know things can change at any minute. Um, you know, football can take you away from you at any minute, right? And so just to uh, you know enjoy the time you do have, enjoy your friends, your teammates. But I've had a good support group and a good you know teammates that have kind of kept me afloat, right? And that sort of deal. But yeah, hasn't been the. Uh, What's exciting for me personally, but right. you know we still we still uh, you know can go out and, and play well as next right. game. So that's what we're focused on. I think, my, I think my map is pretty solid, but I counted where you guys have played. You, Devonte, Darren, and Derek have been on the field together for forty-three of the yeah. eight hundred and fifty. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not. I'm sure that's not what you know Zeke and uh, Coach McDaniel's envisioned, but um, it's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ooh, okay. move. but uh, you know, hopefully we can get back healthy now and you know have a great end of the year. And that's kind of my point because uh, how important do you feel these next four games could be if you're out there? 
can be just for the process of seeing what this offense yeah. looks like? Yeah, you guys. I mean, you know, that's that's the question, right? That's what we're going to go do, and that's what we're going to go try to achieve. And you know, um, individually, you have to play well, and then collectively, we, we will play well. So I think uh, you know, we got to all four go out there and play well, and you know, it's not. It's, it's everyone. It's not just us. Right. And, okay. and obviously, they've had tremendous success while me and Darren have been out. And so, um, you know, went in three out of four there. And so hopefully we can just add on and, and uh, you know, add on to it. Okay, thanks. I know that's a couple of days away, but do you feel like you're going to play on Sunday? Or what? I hope. I, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I like Vinny. He said slide that in there. Wait, hold on. Before I let you go, you going to play on Sunday? <laughs> Good stuff from Vinny Bonsignor right there with Hunter Renfro. And I think that was about as real as it gets. Right, and he knows. Hunter knows. He's aware that the Raiders didn't give him a contract extension to be injured all season and not play. He knows. He knows it hasn't been what anybody visualized. So I thought that that was nice little truth serum right there from Hunter Renfro. And then you heard Darren Waller a little while before that. Three fifty-eight's the time. Let's go back inside the Raider locker room. Well, let's go back to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. When we come back, we'll talk to our guy Adam Hill, who's been on site all day long at Raiders practice. We'll get his thoughts. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.